quick drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. And welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Praise be to God. It is Friday, March 31st, 2023. We're celebrating the Feast of St. Mary of Egypt. Her She celebrated on April 2nd, which would be this Sunday, for her remarkable conversion and life of penance. Born in Egypt, Mary became a public woman in Alexandria at the age of 12 and continued for 17 years before moved by a force preventing her from entering the church during a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. She realized her impure life prevented her from seeing the life-giving cross and begged the Virgin Mary to obtain forgiveness for her sins. Promising to renounce the world and live in chastity, with a renewed sense of hope, Mary crossed the Jordan and lived in the desert for 47 years, enduring extreme deprivation and temptation until her complete victory over them by the grace of God. A chance meeting with St. Zosimus led to her first reception of Holy Communion, which she had not received since her conversion. She asked him to bury her body in the sand when she passed away, which he did, uh, which had the help of a lion, actually, who dug the grave for him. And when she passed away, and then an inscription in the sand was found by her head. St. Mary of Egypt is a remarkable example of how no one is beyond redemption, and how true contrition and penance can lead to sainthood. St. Mary of Egypt, pray, pray for, us. for us. Amen. So good morning to you. Happy Friday. You made it. You survived the week. It was a long, arduous week, but I knew it. I knew you were going to make it. You survived it. You accomplished the task. You made it to the weekend. I want to know what your plans are for this weekend. So if you can join us in the second hour, 30 past the second hour, we're going to be hopping on our social media streams. And you can interact with us directly. I'd love to answer your questions, comments, or concerns. And the question of the day, what are you doing this weekend? It's Palm Sunday coming up this Sunday. Maybe uh, spend a little time, go to the gospel. It's going to be a massive gospel because we read through the Passion Narrative of our Lord, which is celebrated this Sunday. We go through the Gospel of John and his Passion Narrative. Uh, Monday, go to, I think, Mark, and then Tuesday, Luke, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Uh, but good morning to you, Tito Edwards. Good morning, Adrian. This is exciting. This is the the almost getting to the epitome of our faith, Palm Sunday. I am very uh, excited to uh, to be serving at Mass for the vigil with Father McCain, and I, I don't know what else to say, but uh, get ready. Holy Week is, is uh, coming up, and uh, whew. Let's do this. Yeah, praise be to God. I'm glad to hear it. I, I love to hear that uh, what people do for for um, Palm Sunday. I actually, it's kind of funny. Years ago, maybe like five, six, seven years ago, maybe about seven years ago, college. Uh, yes, in college, my sophomore year of college, I want to say, I was dating this young lady, and I she was not Catholic. And I invited her to come to Mass with me. And I was like, oh, where should I take her to Mass? Oh, I know. I'll take her to Our Lady Walsingham. Um, and so I did. I took her to Our Lady Walsingham. But I wasn't paying attention to the days of the week, like what, what season we were in. And I didn't realize we were in the middle of Passion Week. And we were leading to Palm Sunday. <laughs> so the first Mass that I brought her to ever 
was the uh, Palm Sunday Mass, which was like two and a half, three hours long with the procession. It was like 100 degrees outside because, uh, you know, Houston weather. And I was like, uh, I promise Mass isn't normally that long. <laughs> but praise <laughs> be to God, we survived it. It was, uh, it was a good time. But there you go, folks. Uh, praise be to God. At, first, at 15 past the hour, uh, we're, I'm going to be reading to you guys this email I got and accusing me of being not in line with Catholic teaching. So we're going to go through that email. Uh, maybe they have a good point. Maybe I'm not actually Catholic. Uh, we're going to find out at 15 past the hour. At 30 past the hour, Gabriel Castillo with Gabi After Hours will be on to discuss Our Lady of Sorrows because today is the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows. Uh, many people are not aware of this wonderful devotion, so may, say a prayer to Our Lady of Sorrows today. Usually every Saturday is dedicated to her, but today is her feast day, so we're going to celebrate that today. And let's jump in with prayer. We're going to be praying for whatever it is that you have going on this weekend, any tasks, any traveling, all those different things. We're praying for those intentions. We're also praying for the repose of the souls of all those who have died recently, especially the nine service members who died after two Black Hawk helicopters crashed in Kentucky. So we'd be praying for those intentions as well. And whatever it is that you have on your heart for our friends, our family, our benefactors, and all of those that we promise to pray for, all these things we entrust into the most strong hands of St. Joseph on this last day of his feast month. We pray the Virgo Pater. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. O Joseph, Virgin Father of Jesus, most pure spouse of the Virgin Mary, pray for us daily to the Son of God, that armed with the weapons of His grace we may fight as we ought in life, and be crowned by Him in death. Behold the faithful and prudent servant whom the Lord set over His house. Pray for us, O Holy St. Joseph, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your headline news with Tito Edwards. Thank you very much, Adrian. Good morning. You are listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Today is Friday, March 31st. Our Lady of Sorrows, and these are your headlines for today. Catholic News Agency reports a quarter of all Catholics say they now attend Mass less often than before the start of the pandemic. The Pew researchers concluded that the vast majority of respondents showed no change in their self-reported general level of religious service attendance over this period, while treating in-person and virtual attendance as being equal. While most Americans did not report significant changes in their religious service attendance over the course of the pandemic, their share who now indicate they are attending less often than they did before the pandemic shuttered many in-person services as slightly larger than the share that they say they're going more often. On a side note, I'd like to say in-person mass is significantly better than watching it on television or streaming. You get Jesus in the Eucharist. Achiprensa reports Bishop Jose Guadalupe Torres of Ciudad Juarez, Mexico, expressed yesterday, a couple days ago his deepest condolences for the 38 migrants who died due to the fire in the temporary residence of the National Institute of Migration here in our city. The coordinators of the bishops of Texas and Mexico, Eugenio Lira, the bishop of Matamoros, Mexico, and Gustavo Garcia Siller, archbishop of San Antonio, Texas, also deeply regretted the death of the migrant brothers. Catholic World News, a service of Catholic culture, reports Pope Francis feels gratitude for closeness, uh, stating this via his Twitter account. 
He's quoted as saying, I am touched by the many messages received in these hours, and I express my gratitude for this closeness and prayer. Pope Francis tweeted yesterday as his medical condition improved. Those were your headlines this morning. May God bless you all. Thank you, Tito, for keeping us up to date. The gospel of the day comes from John chapter 10, verses 31 through 42. At this, the Jews once again took up stones to stone him with. Jesus answered them, My father has enabled me to do many deeds of mercy in your presence. For which of these are you stoning me? It is not for any deed of mercy we are stoning thee, answered the Jews. It is for blasphemy. It is because thou who art a man dost pretend to be God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? I have said, You are gods? He gave the title of gods to those who had God's message sent to them. And we know that the words of Scripture have binding force. Why then? What of him whom God has sanctified and sent into the world? Will you call me a blasphemer? Because I have told you I am the Son of God? If you find that I do not act like the Son of my Father, then put no trust in me. But if I do, then let my actions convince you where I cannot, so you will recognize and learn to believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Thereupon, once again, they had a mind to seize him, but he escaped from their hands and went back to the other side of Jordan, to the place where John, when he was first baptized, there he awaited. While many came out to see him, John, they said, never did a miracle. But all John told us about this man has proved true, and many found faith in him there. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, one little slight correction of, about the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows that I made a second ago. The, today is the Feast of the Seven Sorrows of Mary, whereas in September is the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows. So those are two different feast days. September is the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows. Today is the Feast of the Seven Sorrows of Mary. Uh, two different feasts uh, and both in honor of Our Lady of Sorrows. Okay, on to this passage here. Cornelius Halopide had many things to say. He says here on verse 31, The Jews therefore took up stones to stone him as a blasphemer. The Jews showed us in their hypocrisy, malignity, and hatred of Christ that they did not honestly, but craftily and insidiously ask him whether he were the Christ. But Christ, as being God, kept them from casting on him the stones which they held in their hands. Hard as stones, says St. Augustine, they rushed to the stones, mystically, says St. Hilary. And now also heretics hurl the stones of their words to cast down, if they can, Christ from his throne. Inspired, no doubt, by Lucifer, who aimed to obtaining these, this throne of the Godhead, and therefore grudged it to Christ, and is active in taking it away by means of heretics. So in an allegorical or mystical way, we can recognize that the stones in which were held in the hands by the Jews, being ready to be cast at our Lord, can be compared, one, to the fact that our hearts are like stones. And so we pray and ask God to take our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. Because we have to remember that the wounds of Christ are flaming arrows that pierce the hardest hearts and inflame the coldest souls. 
In verse 34, Cornelius Alapide says, Jesus answered them, it is not written in your law. I said, ye are gods. The word in Hebrew is plural. God is called Elohim as ruling and governing the world and as judge and punisher of evil doing. Whence angels and judges who share this power are called gods, not by nature or by hypostatic union as is Christ, but by participating in the divine judgments. But there, St. Hilary observes, the word Elohim is limited by the context, so as to make it clear that the word does not signify God with a capital G, but angels or judges. And so too, in Psalm 82, it says, God standeth in the congregation of princes. He is the judge among lowercase g gods. The gods, lowercase g, who are judged are men or angels. He who judges them is the one triune God with a capital G. Just as Christ here, says St. Augustine, judges as God the Pharisees and rulers of the Jews who were gods, so to speak, upon earth. On this account, he quotes a psalm which is in Hebrews, Elohim, or judges. Elohim, the highest of all, judges the earthly rulers whom are under him. This is supported by the Chaldi Targum, which explains, Ye are gods and are all the children of the highest. Ye are the angels of the high God. And that which is properly said of angels is extended to all Israelites in the faithful, for they are the sons of God, but the word Elohim is used absolutely without limitation. It signifies the one and triune God. Christ, therefore, instead of overthrowing the opinion of the Jews, rather confirms it. Now, this is an important thing to note because Elohim was not actually the name of God itself. It was a word that meant Lord. And so just as you might say that you have someone who is a Lord over their castle, over their home, someone lords over another, someone is master of another, you could say that the Jews were Elohim or gods in the lowercase g way in terms of how they ruled over the, the land and they ruled over the peoples. Whereas our Lord here is saying, well, if you can say uh, Elohim or gods uh, to lowercase g of yourselves, then how much more can I call myself God? Can I call myself Elohim who is hypostatically united with the, with the Godhead, with the Father? I who am consubstantial with the Father. I who am begotten, not made. This is very important for us to keep in mind and goes into a whole theology of theosis that maybe one day we'll, we'll do a whole show on. But that's going to do it for this segment. When we come back, here's a question for you. Am I not in line with Catholic teaching? Uh, we'll talk about that coming up next. We'll be right back with more in Catholic Drive Time after this. Hey, Donnie, what do we say when we make the sign of the cross? In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Did Mama teach you that? As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. 
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question if you're a non-Catholic friend. Was the Catholic Church in existence as far back as the first three centuries? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, baseball. In September 1845, the New York Knickerbocker Baseball Club was formally established and called baseball. Rules were set, included a diamond-shaped infield, foul lines, and the three-strike rule. But seven years before that, in 1775, that game was already being played on schoolyards, well before it was ever called baseball. Secondly, the Apostolic Fathers such as Tertullian, Clement, St. Ignatius, all wrote before 215 A.D. about the authority of the local bishop. And they used the name, the Catholic Church, which already had the liturgy, the Eucharist, the readings, the relics, a hierarchy, and jurisdiction. And thirdly, my take. To fishermen, a dolphin was just a big fish until they were termed dolphins. But they were always dolphins. And baseball was baseball well before it was termed baseball. And you will love this. The early church was the Catholic Church well before Constantine the Great, the Nicene Creed, and your church history book. Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Praise be to God. It's so good to be on with you today. I'm so happy to be here. Praise be to God. It's so good to be here. It's always good to be on Catholic Radio. You know, I received an email last night around, I want to say it was around 8 p.m. And and I, I just thought about it quite a bit because I was, I have one, I'm appreciative of when people send me emails and people have a feedback on the show. Um, a couple things about about feedback. Whenever I get feedback, it's it's good to to know to get a pulse on what people are thinking, what people are saying. And usually, the idea is if you get one email about a topic, it symbolizes that there are many other people who hold a similar opinion. And so, I appreciate people who take the time out of their day to sit down at a computer, uh, go to our website grnonline.com forward slash cdt find my email and type out an email, send it to me. Those are some steps you got to take there. So I appreciate people who go out of their way to to type up emails and send them. Uh, and whenever people send emails, though, whenever they have a, a criticism to make about something, uh, there are two things to note whenever just the way I, I take criticism. If somebody sends me something, a correction or something like that, uh, that's fine with me. I don't, I don't mind. I'm perfectly happy to be wrong. Uh, if that happens, then I should be corrected, and I would uh, like to correct myself if it happens. And I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. I say wrong things. So if I'm wrong about something, let me know. But here's two notes. One, don't just say I'm wrong. Tell me specifically what I'm wrong about. So that way, if you just say I'm wrong, I'm like, okay, I'm sure I am wrong, but what about specifically? Uh, and that so that helps me try to figure out what we're talking about. And the second thing is if you can provide me reasons why I'm wrong, explain to me why I'm wrong, because I don't say things that I don't mean. And maybe if I misspoke, then I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm wrong about that. And it'll be very clear. But if it's something that I had spoke about for a little bit, I typically think about these things for a little bit before I say them. And so if I'm wrong, well, I believe that I'm right. So if you're going to say that I'm wrong, I would appreciate if someone would explain to me why I'm wrong and give me uh, reasons for that. And uh, then I'd be much more grateful so that way I can correct myself if it be so. Because the question is, am I out of line with Catholic teaching? I received this email at 8 p.m. last night, <laughs> and it says, Dear Mr. Fonseca, earlier this week I was listening to Catholic Drive Time when you were discussing the recent shooting at the Christian school in Tennessee. I was more than a little surprised to hear you encourage Christians to arm themselves with guns in response to the shooting. Although I clearly understand there is much anti-Catholic slash Christian activity going on in our world, encouraging your listeners to arm themselves does not seem to be a very responsible 
or very Christian response. Promoting more security at Christian schools and facilities by administrators would be a more effective and appropriate solution to suggest. I will be avoiding your show in the future because I believe you are promoting radical action not in line with our Catholic faith, unnecessarily instilling fear in your listeners and creating an environment of potential dangerous gun use. I encourage you to examine your heart and the objectives of your show and ensure future comments on your show fall in line with the, the Catholic identity of your show. And so this is the response I typed up. Uh, I stayed up late last night and responded. Um, and I was actually getting ready for bed. And I was like, oh, okay, let me get out of bed and get on my computer and, and shoot out a response. So this is the email I just responded with. I said, thank you for your email. I appreciate you taking the time to reach out to me. I'm curious as to why you think it's against church teaching to arm yourselves. Our Lord commanded us to arm ourselves when he says, one who does not have a sword should sell his cloak and buy one. The Catechism of the Catholic Church in paragraph 2265 clearly tells us that we have a grave duty, quote, to exercise our right of self-defense. St. Gabriel, the sorrowful mother, gives us a great example of a pious saint who used a gun to defend a woman in need. Pope St. Pius X has informed us that killing is not always forbidden, and in fact is permissible in the following circumstance, saying, quote, it is lawful to kill when fighting in a just war and in case of necessity and lawful defense of one's own life against an unjust aggressor, unquote. I did, in fact, also recommend more security in schools among further gun laws that could be passed that would prevent future situations like this. You can go back and re-listen to our show here, and I linked to our show, the original show, where I talked about laws that we could put in place that would, in fact, uh, change these things, and where I talk about it again during the second segment here at the end of, the, of, the, of today's segment, meaning yesterday's segment. I clearly state that we should avoid putting ourselves in situations that would necessitate needing to exercise our right to self-defense. Again, thank you for listening in the past. Certainly not every show is for every person. I certainly always want to be faithful son of the church. If anything I said was not in line with our Catholic faith, I'd be very grateful if you would point me toward any official teaching of the church as articulated by the magisterium that would show that what I said was not Catholic. Let us pray for one another, and may St. Gabriel Possetti, who freed a young woman from her would-be rapist by the virtuous use of firearms, grant us today the grace to be ever faithful to Christ the King and Our Lady as terrible as an army in battle array. Amen. The pacifist thinks that the alternative to war is peace. It is not. Sometimes the alternative is oppression. Sometimes certain God-given rights and liberties can be preserved only by resistance to that which would destroy them, and to defend certain basic God-given rights and liberties is not immoral but righteous, quote, Fulton Sheen. May the perfect love of God reign in your hearts. Memento mori, Adrian Fonseca. Uh, so that's the email that I sent in in response. Uh, hopefully that, that um, clarified things, and I, and I wanted to read it out loud because I figure there's probably other people who had similar thoughts about it, and that's my defense of why I think it's okay um, from what I said. I don't think that what I said was out of line of Catholic teaching. And I do think that because of the situation that we're in, that where people are targeting Catholics and targeting Christians, that we do need to be prepared. This does not mean we go hunting down people and we start executing people. Of course, that's wrong. Of course, that's wrong. In fact, it's wrong for a number of reasons. Uh, one, because we shouldn't murder people, shouldn't kill innocent people. And second, and vigilantism is wrong. We can't be vigilantes. There's a rule of law. We have order. We have justice. And being a vigilante, and I talked about this yesterday when I talked about vengeance is mine, so saith the Lord. We are not to avenge ourselves. That is for the duty of the state, which is why that St. Paul says 
the state does not wield the sword in vain because it is not our job to execute justice. It's the state's job to execute justice. So we cannot become vigilantes. This is wrong. But we certainly have the duty and, in fact, the grave duty and right to defend ourselves. So if what we are living in a situation where our enemies have firearms, well, how do you defend yourself against someone who has firearms? Mm-hmm. Well, you're going to use your hands? You're going to use <laughs> a bat? Uh, maybe a knife? It's simply that those are impractical ways of doing it. That's why it's even a joke where people say you brought a knife to a gunfight. Uh, don't bring a knife to a gunfight because this is the situation we're in. Uh, where these tools are, in fact, what they are. They are tools. Where these are not for the... Uh, hurting people for going out of the way and trying to hunt people down it's for self-defense it's to protect ourselves our loved ones and our family members and when you purchase a firearm it is very very important and very very necessary to learn how to use it don't just go and buy a firearm but learn how to use it go to the shooting range use it over and over and over again so you get familiar with how the gun works and you're not afraid of using it because when you're afraid of something that's when things go wrong Learn how the gun works. Learn how to store a gun. Learn how to do it so that way you won't have it accessed by children and other people that could be hurting themselves. All these different things are things that can happen, and we need to make sure that we not only buy the correct tools to defend ourselves, but also prepare ourselves to be able to uh, make sure it's safely put away. Just like you wouldn't put your kitchen knives on the floor next to your children, you don't put the gun on the kitchen counter. Uh, You put things out of reach of children in a safe place where they cannot hurt themselves or others. This is a very important point. Now, why is this a a serious issue? This is a serious issue because the biggest threat against people, because people are like, oh, where you're calling for people to kill trans people. That's not true. I'm not doing that, and I do not encourage anyone to do anything like that. In fact, I rebuke that completely. But what we saw uh, yesterday was that uh, the press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, came out and said that trans people is, are under attack right now. Now, that's very concerning because they're trying to encourage these people to continue to bear arms. But we know for a fact that the biggest threat against trans people is not, in fact, radical Christians coming after them. It is, in fact, themselves. Because the highest rate of death from, uh, from transgender people is themselves. And mm-hmm. I don't mean from other people in the trans community. I mean the high rates of suicide. 40%. 40%, at least. At least. The high number that I saw was 42. The low number I saw was 40%. And this is very concerning because that's a higher rate than the Jews in the Holocaust. That's a higher rate than the African slaves that came to the U.S. That's a higher rate. So you cannot argue that this is uh, due to bullying or oppression or things like that. Uh, trans people in America are have a higher degree of acceptance than the Jews in the Holocaust and did the blacks in America during segregation times. And yet they have an astronomically higher rate of suicide than either of those groups. So this is very, very concerning. In fact, in 2022, only 32 transgender people were killed, and they label us all 32 of those as hate crimes when we really cannot do that. Now, we don't have statistics and breaking that down, but from 2021, there were 44 deaths in uh, 4040 in, uh, 2021, and almost none of them, in fact, only two of them were, quote, confirmed to be hate crimes. I'd be curious to know if even those two would actually be hate crimes. But if you even take that number, so only two of 44 deaths were hate crimes. So how are all these people being killed? 
well, one, someone someone was ran over, and so that person was killed. That had nothing to do with a hate crime. They were just wrong place, wrong time. Another one was someone was struck by a drunk driver. Uh, another case. So all these different cases, there's tons of different cases. People die, and some of them happen to be people who identify in the LGBT community. Now, a number of them are because there's a lot of prostitution in the transgender community, the LGBT community. And so because of that, the numbers go higher because these people are involved in high-risk activity. People are in these spheres are involved in drugs, are involved in these different kind of relationships. And so that's one of the big threats against these people. Now, the thing to note here is that here is a story from Andy No. In the last couple of segments we have here, going back, tying this all in together. We have to protect ourselves. We have to buy our buy guns to protect ourselves because people are actually trying to threaten us. Uh, from Andy No on Twitter, he posted that a violent extremist North Texas cell of Antifa militia, the Elm Fork John Brown Gun Club, has been spreading the lie that the Nashville trans mass shooting at the Christian school was a hoax. And the account calls for comrades to be armed to kill others and previously spread fake claims about identity of non-binary Colorado Springs mass shooting suspect. This person is in Texas, where a lot of uh, the people in the GRN is from. We're all in the Texas area. This person, a member of that Antifa group, had actually gone, (laughs) a member of the group's Washington State chapter, died carrying out a terror attack in 2019. So we know that these people are not just random folk, but these people are actually people who will carry out what they claim to do. They said he put out a tweet saying, death to all who stand between working people and their bodies, uh, and directly implying that they want us to die. And so this isn't fear mongering. This isn't trying to do that. We should not have fear because we recognize we fear not him who kills the body, but instead he that kills the body and the soul in Gehenna. So we should fear going to hell more than anything. So my message is, one, let's defend ourselves. We have a right and even a duty to defend ourselves, our family, and our loved ones. And two, we have to keep ourselves in a state of grace. Because at any moment, you could get in a car accident. You could get a heart attack. You could get shot and killed at any moment. So stay in a state of grace. Keep a good relationship with Jesus Christ. And we have nothing to worry about. We'll be right back with Our Lady of Sorrows after this. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Since you may not agree that the New Testament came to us through the oral tradition of the apostles, how do you believe it did come to us? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a language aid. In Latin, the word tradition is a verb, not a noun. It's the act of handing over. Handing over what? Handing over the faith. You see, capital T tradition continues to answer the questions the Bible doesn't explicitly answer. For example, you've noticed that contraception or doctor-assisted suicide and many other crucial human topics are not laid out in the Bible. Secondly, analogous to baseball, the totality of baseball has been handed on to each generation. This is very different than just the small t tradition of saying not flipping the bat after hitting a home run. And thirdly, in case you're trying to rid church traditions to be non-traditional, just know that capital T tradition is what got you to Jesus. Drop kicking small religious traditions to be considered non-traditional is like the dog chasing his tail. His task is never fruitless and thoroughly silly. 
so-and-so, a neighbor who we've spoken to, you know, just in greeting, but who I don't believe has ever spoken back to us. Out of the blue, uh, surprised us. One day we were getting the kids in the car for math and asked us if we were going to math. I was dumbstruck for about probably 10 seconds. It was great that we had an opportunity to share about our parish and that we were Catholic. Turned out she was Catholic too, and she assumed we were because of the bumper sticker on our car. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is Friday, March 31st, in the year of our Lord, 2023, and these are your headlines for today. Catholic News Agency reports a tabernacle stolen from the murdered Bishop David O'Connell's residence was reported. An empty tabernacle that was bolted to the wall has been stolen from his residence a couple of days ago. Catholic News Agency reports Pope Francis has bronchitis but is resting and improving. Pope Francis is exhibiting marked improvement after being admitted to the hospital Wednesday with difficulty breathing, which was later diagnosed as bronchitis. Bronchitis. Pope Francis spent the afternoon at Gemelli Hospital devoting himself to rest, prayer, and some work duties. Catholic News Agency reports the Vatican's liturgy czar rejects the German church's plans for laity to preach homilies and conduct baptisms. Cardinal Arthur Rock also said allowing lay people to regularly perform baptisms goes against canon law. On the issues of homilies, Rock wrote that the reason why lay people cannot regularly preach at Mass is not due to their need for better theological preparation or better communication skills, nor is the intent to create inequalities among the baptized. And finally, Catholic World News, a service of Catholic culture, and the Pillar reports that in India, an ancient Catholic group battles to keep its unique marriage rules. An Indian district court ruling has threatened the marriage practices of Cyril Malabar Ark. Eparchy Kautayam, which ministers exclusively to the Kanaya people. The Kananaya people are Jews from the tribe of Judah that converted to Christianity in the first century. In the third century, this group sent 72 families of Hebrew Catholics migrating to India to help the St. Thomas Christians evangelize. These families only marriage within, marry within their group and have a unique relationship with the Vatican that allows for an eparchy. Today, there are about 300,000 of Kananaya Catholics in the world, most living in India. I'm Tito Edwards, and these are the, today's headlines through a Catholic lens. Thank you, Tito, for keeping us up to date. And, you know, oh, this morning I was reading through the prayers for Holy Mass today, that Friday in Passion Week, and today is the Feast of the Seven Dolores, or the Sorrows, of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And I was praying the, the Collect prayer here, and in the Collect it says, O God, in whose passion the sword, according to the prophecy of blessed Simeon, pierced through the soul of Mary, the glorious virgin and mother, and mercifully grant that we who reverently commemorate her piercing through and her suffering may by the interceding glorious merits of all the saints faithfully standing by the cross obtain the happy fruit of thy passion, who livest and reignest forever and ever. Amen. And, you know, it's kind of funny because yesterday I sent a text message to Gabriel Castillo and was like, hey, can you come on tomorrow? Is there anything you'd like to talk about? And he said, you know, I want to talk about Our Lady of Sorrows. And I actually did not know that today was the Feast of the Seven Sorrows of Mary. I only found out this morning whenever I whenever I pulled open my uh, missile and started reading the, the Mass for today. 
But uh, joining us right now is Gabriel Castillo, host of Gobby After Hours. Good morning, Gabriel. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Praise be to God. You know, before we jump into our conversation on the seven sorrows yeah. of Our Lady, I also want to bring up, uh, I was on LifeSite News this morning, and I saw they posted your video uh, titled, West Point Grad Credits Mary Four Daily Rosaries for Helping Him Accept His Call to the Priesthood. Yeah. Uh, tell me about that video before we jump into our conversation about Our Lady of Sorrows. Yes, yeah, so I work with high school youth, and uh, the seminary appoints many seminarians to our youth program to assist us, one, for their formation because we have such a great youth program, and also for our assistance. And one of the seminarians was giving a testimony, and I was shocked by his testimony because it had so many instances of not wanting to accept his vocation, and it was very stirring and very moving, and a part of me was like, wanted to film his testimony and put it on the internet, but another part was like, no way, man, this is, in a way, it's kind of scandalous. This guy went ahead with a, with a priestly vocation, applied to seminary, even though every step of the way he didn't want to be a priest. And so I, in a way, I was like, oh, I don't know if this is a good example or a bad example. Um, but thanks be to God, as you will watch in that documentary uh, called Mary's Military Man, uh, he did have a deep vocation. The seminary was making the right decision. They recognized in their discernment that he had a vocation. And through the power of the Most Holy Rosary, through the intercession of the Virgin Mary, and importantly, um, which I'm, I'm always promoting the full rosary, and some people will argue with me and say, well, there's only three when Our Lady gave it, and then there's four now with John Paul II. All of the miracles that I have seen and all these extraordinary favors happen with the fourth rosary. So, if, for example, this seminarian, had he not went on and concluded the fourth rosary, he would not have received this special grace to not only accept his vocation, but to embrace his vocation wholeheartedly, and after that, immediately after his conversion or experience with Our Lady in the Fourth Rosary, he goes out underneath an underpass here in Houston to visit some homeless men. He then witnesses two miracles by the power of the Rosary in the lives of these homeless men, one of them being a cure from cancer and a breaking of his addiction to crack, which is extraordinarily addictive. So if you haven't watched that video, it's very powerful. It's very moving, emotionally moving. And the power of the rosary is real and powerful, and Our Lady gives these graces to anybody. She's the refuge of sinners. If you're a bad priest, if you're a bad seminarian, if you're a bad husband, or you're just somebody struggling to be good, which is that's a lot of all of us, I really encourage you to consider the rosary and watch that testimony called Mary's Military Man. Thank you for bringing that up, Adrian. That's awesome. Amen, amen. So go to Gobby After Hours. Check out all his videos, but especially that one, The Virgin Mary's Military Man on Gobby After Hours is where you can find it. Or at LifeSite News at this point, they post a great article yes. on it. But let's jump into our conversation about Our Lady of Sorrows. We just talked about the, the Holy Rosary, but what about the yes. Seven Sorrows Rosary? This is something that's not very well known. I only discovered yes. it actually because uh, your assistant, Claire, so when I was in yeah. the novitiate, sent me a, a Seven Sorrows card, and I started praying it then. So tell me about this devotion. Yes, I will. So let me ask you, did you say that today is the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows? It's the Feast of the Seven, seven Dolores, the Seven Sorrows. The Seven Sorrows of Mary. That's incredible. I had no idea when you asked me to be on this program, and I told you one I wanted to discuss. I had no idea that today was that feast. And in prayer, I consistently have been feeling this special call to promote the Seven Sorrows Rosary, devotion to the Seven Sorrows, and especially a novena called the Irresistible Novena that they say it's so powerful that Our Lady cannot resist it, Jesus cannot resist it. So I would like to talk to you about all of those things, but briefly, 
the, the sorrows of Mary are so powerful because the heart of the gospel, the heart of Holy Week, and the true essence of our spirituality, the Paschal mystery, is a meditation on the life of Jesus Christ. St. Teresa of Avila, doctor of the church, said, the greatest thing that you can meditate upon is the passion of Christ. And so if all of the other saints, like St. Saint Louis de Montfort, St. John Paul II, St. Maximilian Kolbe, St. Thomas Aquinas, they all say and agree that Mary is the fastest, most effective means to Jesus Christ. So if I want to learn the passion of Christ, if I want to become another Christ, Mary is going to be the fastest way. And the fastest way through Mary is through her pierced and sorrowful heart. So the heart of Mary is immaculate. The heart of Mary is sorrowful. And as good as I try to be, as much as I want to love Christ, as much as I want to focus on his passion, I am consistently going to be tinged with self-love, with self-interest, and viewing things through a defiled heart. As, as, even as I grow in holiness and I become sanctified and I become one with Christ, my heart is never going to look at Jesus with the purity, with the intensity of love of the Virgin Mary. And so Mary has many rewards and favors that she gives to those who have a devotion to her seven sorrows, and especially if they pray the seven sorrows rosary, which we'll explain how to do in a moment. But Jesus himself adds to these blessings because part of his suffering, part of his agony on the cross wasn't just physical. It was an emotional torment and an emotional toil. And because that Mary and Jesus are so connected and the heart of Mary is so pure, the agony that she experienced during Christ's passion was more painful than the death of all of the martyrs combined. This is from St. Alphonsus. He said that Our Lady suffered more than all of humanity has ever suffered. And the, the suffering of Our Lady would kill a normal person because it's so terrible. And so our Lord, seeing his mother compassionating, suffering with him, uh, it, it tore out his heart. It, it, was, it was a dual suffering. It was a bodily suffering. It was an internal agony. And everything that our Lord experienced physically our, our Lady experienced spiritually. So as she watched her son be nailed to the cross, it was as if she was being crucified, not physically, but spiritually, emotionally. And so our Lord blesses those in addition to all the promises that Our Lady makes because they console the heart of his mother. If you think of all of these beautiful paintings that we meditate upon concerning the Passion of Christ, we always see John there with his arm around the Virgin Mary, consoling her. And so he is the perfect example of a true disciple of Christ, standing with Christ at the foot of the cross, consoling the heart of his mother. So the seven sorrows rosary is really easy. But before I give that to you, I want to give you some of the favors because we'll do any what? Because some people are like, no, not another devotion that I have to feel obligated to do. No, <laughs> this, is really, this is really a benefit and a blessing to the soul. And I'll just give you some of the fruits. So you'll have peace in your family. You'll have peace of soul. A lot of people suffer from this internal ache, this internal anguish that they feel like, well, you know, why do I have this? I've got the Holy Spirit. Why do I have this internal ache? Our Lady will console you in that internal ache. She'll console you in all your, your trials. She will be with you in your works. If you're suffering from an addiction or from a diabolical obsession, the, all the saints say that the blood of Christ gets rid of the devil. Well, when you go to the blood of Christ and the tears of the Virgin Mary with her pierced heart, the devil will flee from you. Um, she will help you to know God's will for your life, which is ultimately the plan of God. The, the goal of Christianity is union with Christ, especially to do his will. And we will get back to how to pray that seven stars rosary after the break, I'm sure. Uh, yes, sir, exactly. When we come back, more on the seven stars of Our Lady. How do I pray this devotion? Plus, 
I have some uh, just some musings that I want to bring up about the Seven Sorrows. Mm. All of this and more when we come back after this. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. What's your go-to for interpreting the Bible? You go on Sinatra, he did it his way, or you go on Magisterium, we're doing it the Apostles' way. Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. The Magisterium. What's that? That's the indisputable 2,000-year teaching authority of the Church. The Catechism says, the task of giving an authentic interpretation of the Word of God has been entrusted to the living teaching office of the Catholic Church alone. Secondly, a stark contrast. Again, the Catechism says, the Magisterium is not not superior to the Word of God, but it is its servant. In contrast, the megachurch pastors are coming up with some crazy stuff. They tell us, quote, God is doing a new thing, or the Lord spoke to me this. Humorously, out from all of this, they've become their own pseudo-magisterium. And thirdly, Mr. Sinatra, your voice and your music in the 40s swooned my mother, but with lofty lyrics and a lot of ego, your advice from the 1975 hit, I did it my way, falls short. Come on, let's get under the comforting shade of the magisterium. Hey, Donnie, when we see Christ on the cross, what do we call that? A crucifix. And who said, preach Christ and Him crucified? St. Paul. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It is so good to be here with you today. Praise be to God. I'm so glad to be on with you. You know, before we went to break, we were talking about the graces you receive from the most sorrowful rosary of Our Lady of Sorrows. And, you know, I was thinking about this and whenever this morning, and I was talking to my friend Andrew, actually, and we were discussing Our Lady of Sorrows a couple months ago, really. And we were going back and forth about it, and I thought it was so interesting that we have two feast days in the church's calendar in regards to Our Lady of Sorrows. Uh, the yeah. Friday before Palm Sunday is a is a feast of the seven sorrows of Our Lady, and then the third Sunday in September is the feast of Our Lady of Sorrows, and there's two yeah. days dedicated to Our Lady of Sorrows. And it's like, okay, yeah. why does the church want us to focus on this mystery so much? And my friend Andrew actually made the comment, and I just it, that stuck with me so much. He said, when the church, and I notice he says when, he says, when the church declares Our Lady as mediatrix of all graces, when they, she makes that, when the church makes that as a dogma of the church, it'll be on the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows. And wow. that touched me, and I was that's like, dope. yes, 100%, because it makes sense. Our Lady of Sorrows, yeah. that's when she became crucified that's when her soul was pierced. That's when she gave birth to the church. All her birth pains, which she did not experience at the birth of our Lord and Bethlehem, was experienced there at the foot of the cross. Uh, tell me, uh, Gabriel Castillo, what are your thoughts about that? You know, I agree 100%. And there's also, ever since I became devoted to Our Lady of Sorrows, there's more than just those two feasts. There's the, the feast day of St. Gabriel of Our Lady of Sorrows on February 27th, I believe. There's also in February the feast of the seven servites, who are the ones who were charged by Our Lady through an apparition to spread devotion to her seven sorrows. So it, and at Fatima, the last apparition that she gave on October 13th was our, as Our Lady of Mount Carmel and also as Our Lady of Sorrows, kind of showing wow. us the devotions that she wanted for the end times or for these times 
pray the rosary every day, wear the brown scapular, be devoted to Our Lady of Sorrows, and then, of course, the apparition of St. Joseph with Jesus blessing the world. So it's very relevant. And also the awesome. last church-approved apparition was Our Lady of Cabejo, where she warned the children in Rwanda they must amend their lives and they must pray not just the rosary, but they must pray the rosary of Our Lady of Sorrows if there's any hope for that region. And, of course, they didn't. And so the Rwandan genocide was the fruit of disobedience to Our Lady and uh, a life of sin. So there you are. It's very relevant. It's very For relevant. Sure. And, you know, it's if someone said, okay, you're, you're right, Gabriel, I'm convinced. Our Lady of Sorrows devotion, yes. I must have this devotion. Our Lady, yes. Mediatrix of All Graces, Our Lady of Sorrows, pray for us. How on earth do I do this? Do I have to? Yes. Is there a one correct way? Are there multiple versions of the Seven Sorrow Rosary? How does this work exactly? Yes. So, and I want to encourage you, this is Holy Week. Try this, literally just try this until Good Friday have a resolution, have an intention. She will do in you what you what needs to happen because you're giving her permission to, quote-unquote, perform open-heart surgery on you. She will use the heart, that, the sword that pierced her heart to carve your heart to be like Christ, but have an intention as your motivation. And to pray the seven sorrows rosary, you could pray it as a rosary or you could just pray a single Hail Mary for each sorrow. I have found so much fruit in praying this rosary that I now pray it multiple times a day in addition to my normal rosary not as a burden, but because it's so fruitful. So to pray the seven sorrows rosary is simple. You state, and, and it's easier than the regular rosary because you don't have all these add-on prayers and before prayers. You simply state what the mystery is, and we'll go through the seven sorrows of Mary, and then you pray an Our Father and seven Hail Marys with each of them. It is encouraged that you make an act of contrition before you start the rosary, but it's not ne absolutely necessary. So one Our Father, seven Hail Marys for each of Mary's seven sorrows. And you meditate upon them. And I'll give you two pieces of advice for meditation. If you're going through an emergency, if I were you, I would, in your meditation, approach Mary in her sorrow. So if you're meditating upon the third sorrow of Mary, Jesus is lost for three days, you imagine how frantic it must have felt like to lose a child. Like if you've ever lost a child in a grocery store, even for five minutes, your heart jumps into your throat. And if you imagine having lost that child for three whole days, and if that child is not just your son or daughter, but that child is the son of God, and you have an immaculate heart, the anguish that Our Lady must have been experiencing. So in your meditation, you imagine her going frantic, but in the middle of her frantic searching for Christ, you interrupt her and say, Blessed Mother, I know this is an emergency, but please, I'm begging you, give me the grace to be protected from this passionate temptation I have. Give me the grace to have a conversion for my, my husband. So you're touching her in her most tender moments. So that's one way to meditate upon it. What I like to do as well is just simply console her. Jesus is looking for hearts to console his mother. And how would you console somebody who lost a child, for example? You put their arm around them. You say, I will help you find Christ. I will help others find Christ. So that's the way to meditate upon it. So the seven sorrows of the Virgin Mary are the prophecy of Simeon, where a sword will pierce her heart so that the thoughts of many might be revealed. The saints say that once that sword pierced Mary's heart, that prophecy happened, everything in Mary's life was tinged with sorrow. When she would look at the child Christ playing, for example, and every mother would be full of joy when they see this, but because she knew that her son was going to be a man of sorrows, she looked at him with sadness. In every mark of his life, there was always that great sadness in her heart. The second sorrow is the flight into Egypt. It's easy to remember this because there's kind of a twofold sorrow in that not only did she have to flee because they're going to try and kill her baby who was just born. He's so innocent, so good. He came to save the world, and those who he came to save are now here to persecute him. 
but also the massacring of the innocents. Already from such a young age, people's blood was going to be spilled. Innocent lives were going to be shed simply because of Christ. The third sorrow is looking for Jesus for three days, so it's easy to remember that. Three days, third sorrow, we covered that already. The fourth sorrow is easy to remember because that's also the fourth sorrow of the Most Holy Rosary, Jesus carrying the cross. The fifth sorrow is the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ. We meditate upon his passion. In your meditation, you can say, Lord, hide me in the cross. Lord, hide me in the nails that pierced your feet. And just be as elaborate or as you know conservative as you want in your meditation, but the goal, again, being to look at the crucifixion through Mary's pure and pierced heart. The sixth sorrow is the removal from, of Jesus from the cross. You can imagine the Pieta. And the seventh sorrow is the burial of Christ. Now, I mentioned earlier an irresistible novena. So if you're going to pray the irresistible novena, you number one, you state your intention. Number two, you pray the seven sorrows rosary. And number three, you conclude with the litany of Our Lady of Sorrow. So it only adds another two minutes to your prayer. This takes about 15 to 20 minutes to do. So in 25 minutes, and you pray it for nine days in a row. That's called the irresistible novena. It's so powerful that I started doing it on accident. I was reading a book, and I said, Lord, is there anything in this book that you would like me to do? And it was a very thick book, and it was to the irresistible novena. So I tried it, and I said, Blessed Mother, you're going to have to give me a lot of favors if you're going to want me to promote this thing. And seriously, it has been so powerful that I pray the irresistible novena perpetually every single day for the rest of my life. And like I mentioned, I'm praying more than that during Lent. Um, it's just so powerful, especially because a lot of times we get lost in the purpose of Christianity. We start to think that Christianity, the purpose of it is devotions, and devotions are good. They're how we show our love for Christ, but they're worthless if it does not result in me doing God's will. Our Lord said, not all of those who say, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of God, but only those who do the will of their heavenly Father. And so many people struggle to hear the voice of God, and usually, not all the time, sometimes there's a waiting period, but usually that's because God does not want to speak to those who do not want to listen to him. So we don't do God's will primarily for two reasons. Number one, we're too hasty to ask, but ultimately because we really don't want to do God's will because God's will means sacrificing our lives to do his will. And he said, he who wishes to save his life must lose it. And the reason we don't want to do his will is because we don't want the cross. And by meditating upon the cross of Christ through the sweet, immaculate, sorrowful heart of Mary, she will re remove and reveal our obstacles to doing the will of God, and she will help us to love him above all else, and most importantly, she will help us to know God's will and give us the grace and the strength to do God's will. Now, Mr. Castillo, if someone yep. wanted to have, you know, a physical rosary to pray the yes. Seven Sorrows yes. Rosie on, yes. where can people get one? Because I got to say, when I was looking for them, I struggled yes. very hard to find one, and luckily, Claire made me one, and so I actually have one, yes. but before that, you know, I couldn't I, find any. I have... I have some that you do not have to struggle to find. I reached out to Rugged Rosaries, which is a rosary company that makes very tough, rugged, durable rosaries. They're here. They're located in Houston. And any rosary on their website, if you order and put in the notes section, make this a Seven Sorrows rosary. They will do that for you. But in addition to that, I ask them to design a Seven Sorrows rosary, and they have one that the exact replica of the one that I use. It's got big, fat, black beads. It's got our fathers that look like they're made out of blood. Um, it's really beautiful and has a St. Benedict crucifix and an image of the sorrowful face of Christ and Our Lady of Sorrows medal on it. They also have like the World War I battle beads that are also Seven Sorrows Rosary that has a crucifix that has a crown of thorns uh, around. It's very beautiful. But if you go to ruggedrosaries.com, not, I'm not affiliated with them in any way. I'm not getting kicked back. 
but they have the most durable, rugged rosaries, but also they have two versions of the Seven Sorrows, and you, or you can turn any of their rosaries into an Our Lady of Sorrows rosary, and they'll do that for you. Wow. Praise be to God. That rocks. I was not expecting that to yeah. be uh, the answer you gave me. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Praise be to God. Well, you know, Mr. Castillo, this devotion is something that uh, the Irresistible Novena is something I haven't heard of, so I'm going to have to look into that. Try especially. Try yeah, it. absolutely. Especially now it's, what, seven, eight, nine days till Easter Sunday, right? So is this is really? a wow. perfect okay, day so to start. start. Novena right now, folks. Amen. I'm going to start it today. If anyone wants to join in with me, I'm going to go find uh, this and uh, send it out to everyone in our email list, the seven, the irresistible novena to Our Lady of Sorrows, and I'm going to start it today. I got an idea. You can share, share, make a little video of just this segment, and I will also share that out with people, letting them know to do this novena and start it right now. Absolutely. Praise be to God. Will do. Uh, hear that, folk. We are doing this together as a Lenten practice. Start today, and we end on Easter Sunday, praise be to God, and then maybe amen. onward to infinity. But praise be to God. Yeah, you'll never stop. Yeah. And the last like one minute we have here, Mr. Castillo, uh, Our Lady of Sorrows, uh, tell me in, uh, one story of success that you've seen with this devotion. So there is a, a friend of mine who I had not talked to in a long time, and just because we just had our differences, and within praying the seven sorrows, rosary we were reconciled and that really meant a lot to me um both parties were very happy and it just shows that the power of the cross is able to overcome every obstacle and the blood of christ heals every wound and it's just for me that was very important just the reconciliation with a friend that you know i didn't think was going to happen well praise be to god mr castillo check him out gobby after hours is his uh, main channel but you have a bunch of other channels where can people find you yes God, just go to gobby after hours that's where that's that's our one-stop shop i have a website called www.truefaith.tv our goal is to specialize in making high quality production videos um for sharing the faith for sharing with family members and that's our goal i, I appreciate your time today amen thank you very much mr castillo thank you, you rock you are a rock star. I always say people to people, but God bless you, Mr. Castillo. Uh, we'll have to have you back in the future. And yeah. that's going to do it for the first hour of Catholic Drive Time. Coming up next, we have our Fear and Trembling Game Show, where we can we are going to give out prizes. In fact, today is the day we draw the name, so make sure you're on with us for the for that. And then in, we're going to jump into the after show at 30 past the next hour. So stay with us. God bless you. God love you. We'll be right back. I was raised a Catholic and went to church every Sunday faithfully. I met a boy and he was non-Catholic, so I left the church to be with him. When I was away from church, I yearned to be home. What brought me back was my longing for the Eucharist. The Eucharist fills me with the spirit that you can't find anywhere else. I have a peace when I walk through the doors of the Catholic Church, like that's where I belong. We invite you to take another look at the Catholic Church. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Who are the ten most well-known preachers in America? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Here's the list. Copeland, Osteen, Benny Hinn, Joyce Myers, T.D. Jakes, Stephen Furtick, Andy Stanley, Robert Jeffers, Rick Warren, Alistair Begg, John MacArthur. Well, secondly, all these pastors say the same thing on Sunday morning, which is, turn with me in your Bible. Well, then how's the harmony regarding, say, eternal security, disagreement, present-day ministry of the Holy Spirit, 
spirit. Disagreement. Relationship of baptism to salvation. Disagreement. Church government. Disagreement. Life beginning at conception until natural death. Disagreement. And eschatology. Disagreement. So what's going on here? Well, if you are someone who says, all I need is the word of God, brother, because the Bible is going to give me everything I need to live out the Jesus life. Okay. Hope you've already ditched your favorite blogger, your favorite preacher, your favorite podcaster, and most of all, your religious Google searches. Well, speaking of Google searches, I do request one last Google search for you. Magisterium. I actually was gone from the Catholic Church for 35 years. I want to get to heaven. I don't know if I will. I mean, I worry about it. But I not only want to get to heaven at the moment of my death, I want to find as much heaven as possible here on earth. So I need help. I don't know why I turned on my radio because I've kept my radio off for years. And once I turned it on, I was absolutely hooked. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. This is Gabriel from TrueFaith.tv, and you're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Praise be to God. It's good to be here with you today. And I got to say, Gabriel Castillo, never a miss. Never a miss. Not even one time. Praise be to God. I'm going to read to you this little meditation out of my little missalette here. This is a Benedictus. It's kind of like the traditional Latin Mass version of the Magnificat. And here they left a sermon from... Dom Michael Barrett, a Benedictine priest, historian, and monk of St. Benedict's Abbey in Scotland and from 1924, gave this meditation on Our Lady of Sorrows. He says here, When she consented to become the mother of him who was to save his people from their sins, Mary embraced whatever of joy or sorrow that office might entail. She was indeed to take a great part in the world's redemption. Not only did she furnish by the power of the Holy Ghost the body wherewith Jesus was to suffer, but she was destined by her office of mother of the Redeemer to offer that great sacrifice in union with her son. It is one way in which she brings about the fulfillment of the promise made by God in Eden when he told the tempter of the woman's ultimate victory, she shall crush thy head. Under the tree of the cross, Mary was to undo the work of Eve under the tree in paradise. As God waited for her consent before sending his son to be born of her, so he desired her willing offering of that son for the salvation of the human race. Therefore, it is that Mary stands on Calvary, taking her part in that wondrous sacrifice. She stood, says St. Ambrose, gazing with maternal love on the wounds of her son, Thus she stood, not waiting for her Jesus to die, but for the world to be saved. It is not to be wondered at, seeing the close connection between the suffering of Jesus and the compassion of Mary, that those Christians who have been drawn to the more assiduous contemplation of the former should have been attracted by the latter. Consequently, Mary's sorrows have been the cherished devotion of many holy souls in all ages. Although the Lenten feast bears the same title as that in September, an examination of its liturgy will show that it honors chiefly for the one special dolor 
of the presence of Our Lady under the cross of Calvary. The antiphons for the office of Vespers and Louds are selected from the mystics of Canticle of Canticles. They speak of Mary's desolation and the loss of her beloved. I will go to the mountain of myrrh and to the hill of frankincense. Calvary, although a place of bitter sorrow, myrrh, and the mount is the mountain of sacrifice, whose oblation rises to heaven with a sweet odor. What a beautiful meditation today on this feast of the seven sorrows of Our Lady, and especially meditating on Our Lady as, as foot at the foot of the cross. What a beautiful grace. What a beautiful grace. Uh, so join me. We're going to be praying the seven sorrows a novena uh, starting today, ending on Easter Sunday. I hope you join me, Mr. Castillo, and whoever else wants to join in with us. We're going to be doing that. So you're going to want to hop onto our email list, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. I'm going to send out that link to uh, doing the novena, how to do the novena. It's going to be linked there. And I'm going to send our interview with Gabriel Castillo here. So that way you can learn about this uh, most wonderful mystery and share it with others. So everybody can pray the most irresistible novena to the seven sorrows of Our Lady. I think it's pretty awesome. That's uh, great. What, what perfect timing today, nine days away from Easter Sunday, Our, Our Lady of Sorrows, the seven sorrows. I, I believe I may have heard about it a while ago, but uh, I'm reinvigorated. I've, I've already written it down. And I'm ready to go get to that website and order my rugged rosary, seven sorrow rosary. That I am excited about this. Amen. I, amen. Yeah, for sure. I think this is a beautiful, beautiful devotion. If you've never done it before, I highly recommend it. Uh, between uh, Gabriel Castillo and, and Claire, it's like the they're the, the dynamic duo promoting the rosary and the seven sorrows. It's pretty awesome. They do a great job. I think Gabe also has some videos on the seven sorrows rosary on his channel as well. Uh, whereas Claire actually did a whole uh, reading of the book on the life of St. Gabriel of the Sorrowful Mother, who we talked about twice today, actually. And this uh, this great saint dedicated to Our Lady of Sorrows, he uh, she Claire read a read a did an audio book on YouTube. I think you can find it by looking up uh, Saint Gabriel the Sorrowful Mother, and I should pop up. I'm pretty sure, but I will probably send that in the email list as well, uh, so that way you can have all that information. So everything that we're talking about, it's a lot to remember, a lot to keep in mind, and so I will send all of that information to you in the email list. So you're going to want to be on that email list. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt grnonline.com forward slash cdt whenever you go there and you sign up on the email list we give you all sorts of really cool stuff every single week and this week it's going to be filled with our lady of sorrows information studies uh, website links all sorts of things you're going to definitely want to be on that email list for that reason but you know it's really awesome devotion i started praying it uh, not that long ago and I kind of stopped praying it. I prayed it a little bit, and then I stopped praying it. And now I'm I'm reinvigorated to pray it again. I hadn't prayed it in a while. I'm going to have to go hunt down that rosary that Claire made for me, and I'm going to start <laughs> carrying it in my pocket again. I was carrying it in my pocket for a while, and I stopped carrying it around. And so now I'm, I'm going to go back into it. There are so many treasures in the church. I, I know my wife and I, uh, we when whenever we come across a novena we really like, we, we start praying it and it, and sometimes we, we can get carried away and we're doing simultaneously 
uh, three novenas <laughs> overlapping each other over certain days. But this one is one that uh, I have not yet prayed with my wife, so I'm, uh, I'm really excited about this one. It, it, the Irresistible Novena. I, I like the sound of that. Now, uh, Gabriel was saying that if we're in a state of grace and we're listening to God, then God will be listening to Mary as we pray this novena. Is, is that correct? Something along those lines? That's what he said. He said Outstanding. that, uh, that some, Our Lady could not resist it when... He, uh, whenever we pray this this beautiful devotion, yeah. I, I'm also gonna yeah. The Catholic Rose is where Claire's channel. She has a one, two videos, three videos on the Seven Sorrows, and then her other channel on reading the books. So yeah, all these things. It, it's so much great stuff. I'm so happy that we have uh, all these different kind of materials that are available uh, from our friends, our family, and these kind of people who who want to do great things for God. It's pretty amazing. We we don't get to have this all the time. And the fact that we have it at all is a, a grace in and of itself. Yeah, it, it is incredible the what what is available out there for us. Just diving deep into what is the Catholic Church, what is Catholicism. I, I believe St. Thomas Aquinas or somebody referencing St. Thomas Aquinas once said that you could spend your entire life studying the church and you would only scratch 1% of the surface. So that is uh, an incredible treasure that we have here in the Catholic Church, the irresistible novena. Was it St. Gabriel that introduced that to the world? I have no idea. That, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know the origins of it. I don't know anything about it. Today was the first time I've ever heard of it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to find out some more information about it so I can share with people. But yeah, I, I, unfortunately I don't know anything about it. If anybody knows anything about it, if they know a good website that has information about the, this novena that is, uh, that is news to me, then please do. I'd be very grateful. I would love to see uh, more information come out about it. And the more information that we get together and provide for the faithful is always a good thing. It's never a bad thing. So uh, anything like that, make sure you send it my way, and I'll be happy to share that with everybody else because I, the more we have, the more we give, right? God, Our Lady gave us such a grace, and we should turn around and give that grace out to others because Our Lady is mediatrix of all graces, and she is the one who saves us by her fiat, by her yes, and by her sorrows. You know, it's interesting. I had mentioned my friend Andrew who told me, he was like, yeah, the, the, the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows will be the day that we celebrate and we it's declared the dogma of Our Lady as Mediatrix of all graces. Because Our Lady, in that moment, when her heart was pierced, that was the moment where she became, where she experienced those birth pains, those birth pains that she did not experience at Bethlehem. Correct. Those birth pains all came through her wounded heart at Calvary. And then her soul was pierced and she had a sorrow unlike any other. No sorrow could be like unto her sorrow. And at that moment, that is the devotion we must have. That is the thing that we have because in it, she merited to be the mediatrix of all graces is by that piercing of her heart that she became the mother of the church, and she became mother of you and I. What a beautiful, beautiful grace. Amen. And speaking of devotions, Adrian, are you going to be attending a Stations of the Cross this evening? And if so, what 
par- what church are you are you targeting? I, I, I don't I think I'm going to be able to make it today. Unfortunately, ah. I'm going to be a little busy. Unfortunately, uh, but I would like to. I'll probably just pray uh, the set the the um, the station across from my missile uh, wherever Excellent. I'm at. But it is uh, it is a good practice to have to say the the station the cross, especially on the Fridays during Lent. And so, if you can make it to a parish, to your parish, or to any parish, uh, pray those prayers. It, it's it's a very big grace to be able to pray those prayers of the station of the cross. So, I highly recommend people to to do that. If you can't make it to a station of the cross, or pray it on your own, but the indulgences that are attached to the station of the cross are attached to the physical crosses in the parish, an established parish. So that's uh, you don't receive the indulgence if you're doing it on your own. However, it's not necessarily about the indulgences. It's about the devotion, and it's about the prayers. So do it on your own. But if you can make it to a parish, I highly recommend it. I actually did a really great video explaining the history of the devotion to the uh, Station of the Cross on my personal channel, Catholic Conversations. And there I talk about the history of Station of the Cross. And then I put together a uh, meditation put that was by... Venerable Fulton Sheen and Professor Plinio, and I put their their devotion together into a video to do to meditate upon the seven the the it's not the seven the <laughs> station of the cross. So it's very good. It's excellent put together um, by myself. I don't not to toot my own horn or anything. Oh, good not, deal. not my devotions, not my uh, thoughts. I'm just reading other people's thoughts. Uh, that's that's the way to do it. That's how you stay out of trouble. Is you just uh, regurgitate what the saints have said. And you typically are going to be okay. Amen, brother. I, I'm going to pull that up. I'm a big history buff, so I'm going to look at that Stations of the Cross and see how that developed over time. That's that's incredible. That now, when did the the devotion begin? Was it within the generation after the de- the death and resurrection of Jesus, like around 60 A.D.? So, according to some people, the there is uh, there's. Like, like all things in antiquity, there's heavy debate on everything. Yeah. But the tradition of the church is that the devotion to the way of the cross began with Our Lady herself. That Our Lady would return every year and walk the path of the Passion of Christ in order that she could be reminded of his death and burial. And so she would, uh, she would walk that every year. And that, that started the devotion of the way of the cross. Wow. And, and it wasn't brought into what we kind of know as a station of the cross until St. Francis of Assisi uh, came to the Holy Land, and he brought it to Europe, uh, started spreading it because people were not, not less people were able to make an actual pilgrimage to the Holy Land due to the Muslim invasions. And so they brought this to the West so people could actually do it in their home parishes. But it wasn't until St. Leonard of Port Maurice, who is a really great saint, if you haven't listened to his sermon on the fewness of the saved, that is a great sermon for Lent. It really stirs the heart, uh, the fewness of the saved by St. Leonard of Port Maurice. But he's the one that popularized the Stations of the Cross in the West. So it was brought over by Francis of Assisi, but one of his sons, St. Leonard of Port Maurice, is the one who made it popular. So there's your truncated version of the history of the Stations of the Cross. But that takes us into our game show, Fear and Trembling, where you can win prizes. You can call now, 877-757-9424, 877 
757-9424. You call now and we take our first caller and you can be in the game show. Today is the day where we give out prizes, so make sure you call 877-757-9424. Call now and we can take the first caller. God bless you and we'll see you at Fear and Tripling Game Show right after this. your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to learn about a great Catholic saint. Wouldn't it be great if everyone read the lives of the saints? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say that we should stop opposing things like abortion and homosexual unions because there's simply nothing we can do about it? You can't prevent that stuff. It's inevitable. So just accept it. Well, G.K. Chesterton says the other word for inevitability is impenitence. We have let ourselves be dominated by the notion that there's no turning back. This idea is rooted in materialism and the denial of free will. Now this modern refusal to undo what has been done is not only an intellectual fault, it is a moral fault also. It is not merely our mental inability to understand the mistake we have made, it's also our spiritual refusal to admit that we have made a mistake. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Hey, Donnie, in what gospel do we find the Hail Mary prayer? The gospel of Luke. Do we worship Mary? No. What do we do? Ask her to pray for us. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. That's the number to call to be in our game show, Fear and Trembling, where we give out prizes and you could win. That number is 877-757-9424. Write that number down and put it in your speed dial so that way you could be able to call in and be our first caller. Now, you may be wondering, you know, I can't hear you. I can't keep up that fast. Well, the good news is we include all the information about the game show right on our website. Just go to grnonline.com forward slash cdtgrnonline.com forward slash cdt for all the information regarding the game show and everything cdt related that's email list is there too everything else is on that list as well so that make sure you check that out there's a pro tip for you 877-757-9424 write that down and make sure that you call in and be our first contestant but we have somebody who called in. Good morning to you, uh, Susie. 
Good morning. Susie, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Fort Worth, Texas. From Fort Worth, Texas. Praise be to God. We love our Dallas-Fort Worth area listeners. Uh, it's a great place, a home of uh, Dave Palmer and Cecil Anderson. They have a pretty great place to be. Uh, Susie, where are you off to this morning? Work. Work. <laughs> that sounded uh, very excited. I, I'm guessing that you uh, you do skydiving lessons. Is that, that your, your choice of employment? <laughs> no, not at all. Um, I work at Tarrant County College. Okay. Well, praise be to God. That's wonderful. Well, Susie, how is your Lent going? We got uh, less than uh, 10 days left until Easter. How's your Lent going so far? Um, I think a little bit challenging for me, but um, I feel I feel good about the rest of the, the remainder of Lent. Amen. Amen, Susie. No matter how much... We have messed up, and by we, I mean me, have messed up this Lent. Uh, we still have an opportunity starting today to redouble yes. our efforts and make it to Easter Sunday with all of our uh, penance and all of our Lenten uh, promises fulfilled. Isn't that right, Susie? Yes. Amen. Absolutely. Amen, Susie. Uh, now, Susie, are you familiar with how the game works? Yes, I am. Perfect, perfect. So for people who are just now joining us for the first time, the game show is very simple. I have three Catholic trivia questions right here in front of me. And these Catholic trivia questions, I'm not going to ask Susie. I'm going to ask Tito the questions. And it's going to be Tito's job to give me an answer. It's going to be Susie's job to tell me whether or not he is right or he is wrong. And he's gonna have, she's going to have 15 seconds on the clock. And when every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize, Tito, what could they win? Thank you for asking, Adrian. The fear and trembling prize for this week is a large-sized rosary shimmering with beautiful Austrian crystals, glass work beads, and oxidized silver from SanctumForum.com. SanctumForum.com is a family-owned small business that makes rosaries and other religious jewelry. Amen. Thank you very much, SanctumForum.com, for that wonderful gift. SanctumForum.com, thank you for being our sponsor this week. All right, Susie, are you ready to play the game? I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's jump into question numero uno. Uh, which many people don't realize is actually German for one. Uno. Uno. All right, that question, Tito. In what year did the Vatican become its separate nation as it is today? In what year they became a separate nation? Oh, yes, my history. Uh, Mussolini, he uh, helped uh, normalize relations. So that's, that would be 1929. 1929. Correct. 1929. Pretty certain. Okay. Okay. You're saying this is something to do with Mussolini. Yes. Yes. They came, they entered into an accord before that because of the destruction of the Papal States. They okay. were unable to have any form of uh, relations and Mussolini normalized it under an accord. Okay. Noted. Noted. That's uh, see, I think you just made all that information up. I don't know if that's real. You, you just made up all the information. I'm sure of it. Sometimes. Uh, Susie. The question on the board. In well, I'm not too sure, but I'm going to say false. You're going to say false. Are you sure you want to go with false, Susie? No. No, you're not <laughs> but sure. I'm going to go with I'm, I'm going to go with false. 
She's gonna go with false, she said. Oh boy. Oh, Susie! No, in fact, Tito is in fact correct. It is 1929 was the year that the Vatican became its separate nation as it is today. 1929 and his whole whole made-up story about Mussolini actually is true. It's actually, he's actually being 100% (laughs) correct there. Uh, But thank you very much, Susie. Don't worry. Two more. Don't worry. Two more opportunities. We're going to get you in that coffee cup of Divine Providence. Don't you worry. Are you ready for question number two? I am. All right. The question on the board, Tito. All right. What do we call the profanation of objects, events, or persons sacred to religion? Sacred to religion. Sacred. Sacrilege. Oh, goodness. Sacrilege. Wow, that's on the nose. Yeah. Sacred to religion. It's a sacrilege. It's a sacrilege. Okay. You're, yep. You sound very, you sound a little happy about saying sacrilege. No, kind of, no. Kind of I'm, like, I, I'm it's not. It's sacrilege. I'm, I was just Woo! impressed sacrilege. how I, just I <laughs> picked up on that. No, no, no. <laughs> I know. There you go. All righty, Susie. The question on the board is what do we call the profanation of objects, events, or persons sacred to religion? Tito says, Woo, sacrilege! Yeah! <laughs> and uh, so that's uh, that's Tito's answer. 15 seconds on the clock. Susie, what say you? Is he right? Is he wrong? Is he telling the truth? Is he trying to deceive you? 15 seconds on the clock. Susie, what say you? Wow. I learned he's really tricky. I learned. I just learned that. So I'm gonna have to go with false again. Are you sure you want to go with false? No. Are uh, you sure you not? You don't want to change the answer? I don't know. Maybe I should. Well, you have an opportunity. Uh, do you want to go with true? Do you yeah. want to go with false? Here's a, a hint. hint. Let's she said she wants to go with true. I heard true. true. Okay. Way to go, Susie! Yay. See, she didn't, couldn't trick her, uh, Tito. Uh, Tito, I know he's uh, he's over there trying to trying to trick her by giving her correct answers. It's crazy, uh, absolutely crazy. Oh, but don't worry, <laughs> Susie. Hang don't in there, sister. Uh, the word sacrilege actually comes from the Latin meaning sacer, and then legere meaning to steal something sacred. So sacrilege is where oh. that word comes from. But don't worry, Susie. We're going to get you in for two. So are you ready for question number trace? Yes, ready. Awesome. That's actually Russian for three. Uh, Many people don't know that. Um, All righty. The question on the board, Tito. Yep. What do you call the public proclamation of an intended marriage made at the principal mass on three successive Sundays or festival days in the church to which the bride and groom belong? Holy goodness, that's a lot of words. Uh, 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 Pronouncement of intention? You said pronouncement of intention? That's that's what you said? I I think so. Yeah, pronouncement. That sounds Latin. Okay, okay. Well, Susie, the question on the board is, what do you call the public proclamation of an intended marriage made at the principal mass on three successive Sundays or festival days in the church to which the bride and the groom belong? (sighs) Uh, Tito seems to think that it's called a pronouncement of intentions. And what say you, Susie? 15 seconds on the clock. What say you? You know, I've never heard of this before, but Tito made it sound really convincing. 
Yeah, he he's a little tricky that way. Sometimes he sounds convincing when he's uh, when he's wrong, and sometimes he's uh, sounds completely unconvincing when he's true. Uh, what say you, Susie? Oh my goodness, these are tough questions. These are tough questions. I'm not gonna lie. These are tough. I'm gonna say true. Are you sure you want to go with true? No. Are you sure you don't want to change it? Uh, okay, yes, I'll change it. She's changing it to false, she says. She, she thinks it's false? She says it's false. Oh, oh there you go, Susie. Yes, in fact, Yay. he is being false. Uh, the correct answer is the bands of matrimony or the wedding bands. Uh, the bands oh, of matrimony. So right. the priest goes up and he announces to the parish, does anybody know why there's any reason why these two should not be wed? If you know, let me know, and we will make sure that's, yeah. uh, that's known to us. So that is what that's called. It's called the bands of matrimony or the wedding bands. But stay on the line, Susie. We're going to draw out okay. a name. Uh, Tito is shaking up the coffee cup of divine providence right now. You could be the winner. The coffee cup is shooken up. He's drawing a name. I'm watching it play by play. And the winner is Kim, Tony, and Victoria. Wow. Kim, Tony, and Victoria. Praise be to God. They won. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Susie. You weren't the winner today. But make sure you uh, keep our number because you can call back in the future and maybe uh, you can win next time. Well, congratulations to Jim, and I will keep your number on speed dial. Amen. <laughs> Amen, Susie. God bless you. God love you. We appreciate you calling in, and have a blessed uh, Palm Sunday coming up, and a even more blessed Easter next week. Thank you. Bless you guys. God Thank bless you. you. And that's going to do it for today. And if you can join us in the after show, make sure to do so. You can hop on with us on YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, odyssey all those places you can hop on and we will interact with you directly we'll talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about so make sure you do so if not then we'll see you back monday morning 6 a.m central 7 eastern across the guadalupe radio network 6 a.m central 7 eastern on the grn same bat channel same bat place god bless you god love you and we'll see you then or we'll see you in the after show oh and make sure hop on our email list go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt to join our email list grnonline.com forward slash cdt god bless you god love you we'll see you soon thank you for joining us on your catholic drive time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired join us monday through friday at the same time right here on your favorite catholic radio station don't forget to connect with us just go to facebook.com forward slash catholic drive time again that's facebook.com forward slash catholic drive time be sure to share more than just us today share jesus with everyone you meet bye now and god love you The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. For more information, please visit salt.net. Today we observe Friday of the fifth week of Lent. This Mass is offered for the intentions of our online viewers and those listening to us through Guadalupe Radio. 
Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in distress. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies and those who pursue me. O Lord, let me never be put to shame, for I call on you. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in distress. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies and those who pursue me. O Lord, let me never be put to shame, for I call on you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. On this Friday before Palm Sunday, in many Catholic countries in the Mediterranean, Latin America, and the Philippines, this day is observed as the Friday of Sorrows, a time to focus upon the Blessed Virgin Mary and her sorrows besides the cross of Christ. And we'll hear that reflected in the Collect today. Brethren, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who in this season give your church the grace to imitate devoutly the Blessed Virgin Mary in contemplating the passion of Christ, grant, we pray, through her intercession, that we may cling more firmly each day to your only begotten Son and come at last to the fullness of his grace, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. I hear the whispering of many, terror on every side. Denounce, let us denounce him. All those who were my friends are on the watch for any misstep of mine. Perhaps he will be trapped, then we can prevail, and take our vengeance on him. But the Lord is with me, like a mighty champion. My persecutors will stumble, they will not triumph. In their failure they will be put to utter shame, to lasting, unforgettable confusion. O Lord of hosts, you who test the just, who probe mind and heart, let me witness the vengeance you take on them, for to you I have entrusted my cause. Sing to the Lord. Praise the Lord, for he has rescued the life of the poor from the power of the wicked. The word of the Lord. In my distress, I called upon the Lord, and he heard my voice. In my distress, I called upon the Lord, and he heard my voice. I love you, O Lord, my strength. 
O Lord, my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. In my distress, I called upon the Lord, and he heard my voice. My God, my rock of refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Praised be the Lord, I exclaim, and I am safe from my enemies. In my distress, I called upon the Lord, and he heard my voice. The breakers of death surged round about me. The destroying floods overwhelmed me. The cords of the netherworld enmeshed me. The snares of death overtook me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord, and he heard my voice. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry came to him. It reached his ears. In my distress, I called upon the Lord, and he heard my voice. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. You have the words of everlasting life. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. The Jews picked up rocks to stone Jesus. Jesus answered them, I have shown you many good works from my Father. For which of these are you trying to stone me? The Jews answered him, We are not stoning you for a good work, but for blasphemy. You, a man, are making yourself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, you are gods? If it calls them gods to whom the word of God came, and scripture cannot be set aside, can you say that the one whom the Father has consecrated and sent into the world blasphemes because I said, I am the Son of God? If I do not perform my Father's works, do not believe me. But if I perform them, even if you do not believe me, believe the works, so that you may realize and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Then they tried again to arrest him, but he escaped from their power. He went back across the Jordan to the place where John first baptized, and there he remained. Many came to him and said, John performed no sign, but everything John said about this man was true. And many there began to believe in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Just a week from now, we'll arrive at Good Friday. And in that quick and intense day, we'll be reflecting upon the passion and death of our Lord Jesus Christ. It'll go by really fast. And so we have a chance during these final weeks of Lent to, with a little more leisure, take time to meditate upon different aspects of our Lord's passion. And so it is this week we have been led to consider how our Lord was unjustly condemned, falsely accused. 
and to consider how our Lord was in, in being lifted up showed us in, in how he suffered the sin that is killing us so that we may be healed. And we remember how our Lord, though punished for doing what is right, was vindicated, set free in the resurrection by the Father. And yesterday, how our Lord Jesus in his passion was fulfilling the promises made to Abraham and establishing the new covenant that had been promised. Today, we consider what he humanly was experiencing in his relationships. We heard in the first reading the prophet Jeremiah talking about how as he's experiencing suffering in his own calling many centuries before Christ. He says, all those who were my friends were on the watch for any misstep of mine. Our Lord Jesus experienced disappointment and betrayal by his human friends. We think first of all how, of course, our Lord, to him, every single human being without exception, he loved. For them, for us, he lowered himself in the incarnation and he traveled and preached and healed and called and loved and welcomed. And so many, as you've been hearing the gospel reading, responded to him with accusation and arguments attempts to arrest, attempts to stone, as we hear in the reading today. But he loved them, each one of us, at every time, even as they were trying to reject him and to kill him, he still loved them. If this is true of everyone, how much more of his friends? One of his friends, Judas Iscariot, whom he chose to be one of the twelve, with whom he walked those years of public ministry. He would experience and know he was going to do it, Judas' betrayal of him. What a heartbreak. You might even think of the words in Psalm 55 where it says, and I paraphrase, If an enemy had done this to me, I could bear it. But it is you, my own brother, a friend, with whom I used to walk in the house of God. It is you who have betrayed me. And if Judas did that, how about St. Peter, whom, of course, our Lord knew, wanted to do what was great for Christ? but ended up failing and denying him. And almost all the apostles who left him behind in his hour of greatest suffering and need. All of this our Lord Jesus experienced. And yet we are reminded today he was also not alone. We heard Jeremiah also saying, but the Lord is with me like a mighty champion. The Father had sent the Son on this mission. St. John says, In this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as expiation for our sins. St. Paul would say, You know, for a good man, for a just man, maybe somebody would die. But God showed His love in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Christ is united with the Father and carrying out this mission with love for every one of us, even those who betray him. And not only the Father, but also those standing beside the cross. Here in this chapel, like in many chapels, we see depicted who was standing beside the cross. Among them, first of all, as we remember today, the Blessed Virgin Mary, 
his beautiful mother, spotless, pure of heart, his best creation. And there she was, united with him in his moment of suffering, step by step, always united with him. Remember those sorrows today. And also there beside him, the Apostle St. John. Remember how on that cross that we'll be hearing next Friday, he said, Woman, behold your son. Behold your mother. Inviting him to take the Virgin Mary from then on into his own home and to care for her, live with her, love her as his own mother. And so may you and I do in the week ahead, and not only the week ahead, but in the years ahead. May we be joined with her who stayed firm beside that cross, uniting her sufferings with his, never leaving, joining with him in his work of salvation. May we be united with her and with him. Brothers and sisters, gathered together to celebrate the mysteries of our redemption, let us pray to Almighty God, asking Him to fill the whole world with His gifts. That the faithful, with their gaze fixed on Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith, may not glory in anything but the cross of their Lord. Let us pray to the Lord. The shed blood of Jesus, which speaks more eloquently than that of Abel, may reconcile to God all sinners who are still far from him. Let us pray to the Lord. That Christ, our peace, may destroy with his body all hatred, the wall of separation between peoples, may abolish all enmity from within the human race, and may grant harmony and peace to the whole world. Let us pray to the Lord. That all of us, justified by the blood of Jesus, and reconciled to God through his death, may be saved from the wrath. Let us pray to the Lord. Almighty and eternal God, accept the prayer of your people. And since we have known the love of your Son, manifested his glorious death, grant that we may rejoice fully in his gifts through Christ our Lord. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands, it will become for us the bread of life. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink.
Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Grant, O merciful God, that we may be worthy to serve ever fittingly at your altars and there to be saved by constant participation. Through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For through the saving passion of your Son, the whole world has received a heart to confess the infinite power of your majesty, since by the wondrous power of the cross, your judgment on the world is now revealed and the authority of Christ crucified. And so, Lord, with all the angels and saints, we too give you thanks as an exaltation we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Uncelia Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, Qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take this all of you and eat of it for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you've held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray 
the partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis our Pope and Michael our Bishop and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Degi, qui tollis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Degi, qui tollis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Degi, qui tollis peccata mundi. Dona nobis pahache. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, 
and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The body of Christ. The body of Christ. The body of Christ. The body of Christ. Jesus bore our sins in his own body on the cross, so that dead to sin we might live for righteousness. By his wounds we have been healed. Jesus bore our sins in his own body on the cross, so that dead to sin we might live for righteousness. By his wounds we have been healed. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Jesus bore our sins in his own body on the cross, so that dead to sin we might live for righteousness. By his wounds we have been healed. Let us pray. May the unfailing protection of the sacrifice we have received never leave us, O Lord. And may it always drive far from us all that would do us harm. Through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Bow down for the blessing. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that your servants who seek the grace of your protection may be free from every evil and serve you in peace of mind. Through Christ our Lord. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down on you and reign with you forever. Go in peace. Ave Regina Celorum, Ave Domina Angelorum, Salve Radic, Salve Porta, Ex qua mundo lux est orta, gaude virgo gloriosa. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, 
cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee, through the intercession and help of the Archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one, from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. All Catholic, all the time. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hey, this is Wayne from Ascension Chinese Mission, and you're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ, Houston's Catholic radio station. Part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Radio for your soul. 